Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hey there, Moto America fans. This is Paul Carruthers, and this is Moto America's weekly podcast, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I'm joined today, as always, by Sean Vice, who's out in Ohio. I'm in Southern California, but we're separated by uh, thousands of miles, but, uh, but we're close. How's, uh, how's things today, Sean? It's like, it's like two hearts beating as one, Paul. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing great. It's nice to catch our breath a little bit and get ready for these last couple of rounds of the season that are going to be back-to-back in September and gives us a chance to set the stage for what's coming up. So um, um, it's good. I'm in good shape. How about you? Yeah, it's good. I enjoy the, the – I was just speaking to the guest a little bit, but uh, it's nice to have a little, a little bit of a summer break, and it's the perfect time to do so around here. I mean, the weather's always awesome and it's, it's nice being at the beach and stuff in August and in early September. So, um, no, it's, it's kind of cool. And like you said, we get to catch our breath a little bit and gear up for, for the finale, which is basically two weekends in a row. So we'll be back to back. I'm going to, I'm going to stay back there. I'm not going to do the fly home Monday and fly back Wednesday thing just to do laundry. I can (laughs) do that in a hotel or something, but yeah, so we'll make a little, a little bit of a road trip out of it. Some of the, some of the other Moto America people will obviously stay back there. Um, so yeah, it'll be kind of cool. And in New Jersey's always, I think very interesting as far as the racing goes, I think that it's, it's always close there and, and you never really know what's going to happen there because sometimes we get some weather and, uh, and that place is a bit slippery in the wet. We'll talk to our, our guests about that. Cause he, he knows full well what the track's like when it's wet. And then we go down to Barber and I mean, the most beautiful place we probably go to or at least one of so it's a good place to end and we'll do our season ending banquet and and it'll wrap it up and it'll it, it seems to me for some reason this year it just seems to have gone by really quickly i completely agree with you that it's crazy how fast it went by it's nuts and we started a lot you know you think about last year with covid i mean we started later that went quick too but um boy it, it sure did go quick this year it's it's incredible yeah, it's been quick. So let's, um, we'll bring our, our guest in here. Our guest today, today is Rocco Landers. Uh, he's a three-time Moto America champion, two junior cups and a twin cup. And he's, I mean, he's actually the sort of the poster child for, for how things are supposed to go in Moto America as far as starting young and working your way through junior cup. And and then he chose to do Twins Cup and Junior Cup in the same season, was able to still win both championships. And now he's graduated to the Super Sport class. Uh, he's had four podiums already, uh, three in a row. And he's fourth in points and just seven points behind Sam Lockoff for third in the championship. So I think it, it was funny because going into this season, I mean, we're so used to, we're so used to Rocco just dominating every place that he's gone. But I mean, I knew that wasn't going to happen in super sport. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's a whole nother step and it's very difficult. And you've got Sean Dillon Kelly and Richie Escalante are just a little bit ahead of everybody at this point in time. So I knew it wasn't going to be a, a thing where Rocco could just jump into super sport and start winning, but I think he's done really well. I think he's, he's, he's progressed as, like I said, he's had the podiums in the last three races 
so I think he's taking he's taking the right path to to be successful and I, I think he knows what he has to do to get to that next level which is Sean Dillon and, and Richie so we're going to talk to uh we're going to talk to Rocco now how, how are you today Rocco I'm all right how are you guys doing we're hanging in there <laughs> yep a couple of old guys so you're out in you're, you're out in Los Angeles and uh enjoying a little bit of a summer break but I'm sure you're itching to get back on your motorcycle because um that's what motorcycle racers want to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been training a lot. I haven't really gotten off the bike since, uh, since dang, since Brainerd really, I've just been riding all the time. I've got a week off now, but hopefully we're going to get up and do track day this weekend and, uh, and keep training and keep doing physical training and keep losing weight. Yeah, Rocco, it sure does look like you uh, do a lot of training. It's funny, I knew that Chris Parrish was sticking around after our round at pit race to race in that wear round. So I decided to go on there and just kind of look and I didn't realize you were going to be there. So all of a sudden I'm going through the classes and I see Rocco Landers at the top of several of the uh, classes there. So it's cool that you stuck around too. You did two weekends in a row at pit race and definitely got a lot of seat time last weekend. So you, you had a pretty, you had an awesome weekend, huh? You won a lot of races. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we just kept working on setup and we made a few changes and uh, had some nice breakthroughs. Like this whole year, we've just been struggling. Like we didn't find a setup I actually liked with the bike until Brainerd. Like, it, it was okay at Laguna, but Laguna was probably our first sort of breakthrough weekend. But once we found something, I was able to run similar lap times to leaders and uh, hang, hang in the lap times longer than almost anyone. That's what my... So my strong point has been this year is fast in the last few laps, even if it's not as fast as Sean or Richie, I'm usually the top three fastest. So, yeah. It seems like it's been the, your, your main issues as, as I think, you know, is you haven't just been able to get off the line with those guys and you end up putting yourself in a hole and working around other guys until you do get to third. And then those guys are, you know, they're down the road a piece. So is that, is that something that you need to work on is the starts and the, and the early, uh, early race pace? Yeah, my starts actually, like the beginning of the year, my starts were actually pretty bad. I've kind of figured it out, but like I've, I got two really good starts at Brainerd. Like I actually led, led in turn three, but it almost hasn't been the start itself. Like at, yeah, it is. I feel like my weight, my weight kind of has helped, has held me back a little bit on that that's why I'm continuing to lose weight to get more more in shape but one thing like one thing or another like something will happen like I remember at BIR I got a decent start but then I ran really wide and won and then at Pitt I I, I got a pr pretty okay start I wasn't it wasn't amazing but I was probably gonna go to turn uh and turn three fourth or fifth uh, but over two, I kind of got pushed out and went over the grass and lost a couple positions. It's just been like funky little things that have happened. And sometimes I just get a standard bad start, but I've got a few good ones and they're getting overall way, way better for, as I get used to the bike. Let's talk a little bit about you. I know you've done a lot of training and you've changed your program a lot because I don't want to say you, you turned into a chunky little kid, but you did. I, did. I think we all get to, <laughs> we all get to that point where like, when you are a, a little kid, you don't have to do anything and you stay a little kid. Then you reach a certain point where you start to go, oh my God, I'm getting a little chunky here and I need to train. And you, you took that by the, 
the horns and you've done something about it and your physical appearance is obviously different and you've lost a lot of weight. It, it, it helps a lot on the motorcycle, right? Yeah. My heaviest was at VIR. Like, uh, like last year I, I grew a lot. I could kind of eat what I wanted, but, uh, like I, I was growing up so I could, I didn't really have to train. And I, whenever I was hungry, I could eat kind of whatever. I wouldn't really gain much weight, but that changed about probably October, September last year. That's, I stopped growing and I stopped being able to eat what I wanted and I gained a whole bunch of weight. And I really didn't take care, start taking care of that until VIR, until I realized that I was just losing so much. And I did some training, lost a little weight, did some more training, lost a little more weight. And eventually I've got where now I've lost 14 pounds. So right. oh. I'm, I'm continuing to lose. I got to lose another 15 or, 15 or 20 pounds, but we're going to get down there. So did you have to park the Reese's peanut butter cups for a while? Yeah, I haven't had one of those since, dang, probably since before, before Atlanta. Oh, yeah, no, I had one after Atlanta. I had one after Atlanta. I'll have one this afternoon later and think of you. Oh, geez. Yeah, please, please do. Just tell That's me it brutal. tasted really bad. That's brutal. <laughs> um, hey, Rocco, so I, I, I want to ask you kind of about super sport. This is a little bit of a two-part question a little bit, but let me throw this out there. So – when you went into Supersport, kind of before you went there, what your expectations were versus what you found out, and then compared to when riding in Junior Cup and in Twins Cup, did, did it, looking back at Twins Cup and looking back at Junior Cup, and you were younger, I get that, but did it seem easier than it is in Supersport? And is Supersport harder than you thought it would be, or is it about what you thought and did you expect this? I'm not just going to walk into this class and, you know, win the championship in the first year. What, what were, tell us about that whole thing, if you would. Yeah, it's been a learning year. Like I, I, I didn't ride my, I rode Melissa Paris's bike one time, but I, it was in December, I think. But then I rode, the first time I rode my R6 was first practice of the Daytona 200. So I really had, I, I didn't have a lot of, I think I rode the bike itself four times before the beginning of the season, like four different weekends, like a couple club races, a track day here and there. Like I did the Toyota test. I didn't get a ton of track time at all in all. So it was actually, we showed up to Atlanta without much development and we, we, we really had no setup that I liked and we were just bouncing all around and trying to figure something out. We, we had a good race on Sunday in Atlanta. I did get on the podium there. But then we had a like a bit of a bit of a drought for a while there. Like we were just struggling. And I feel like everyone else kind of had their development down. Most of the people who have been racing who, who are at the front either have a bike that's been raced and has lots of development or have ridden that bike for a year or whatnot. So I I knew after Atlanta, I knew at VIR, whenever I saw the speed of everyone else, I think I got fifth and fourth that weekend. I knew it was going to be kind of hard. And I, I never, I never really expected to go in guns blazing and win every race. I, I knew I was going to push, but the moment I, like the moment I saw the, the pace of Sean and Richie at the Coda test and I saw, I rode with Sean at Daytona and just, just realized the bike does not have a lot of development or our bike does not because I mean, we, we got it and we've had help from a lot of people, but it was by no means perfect until, uh, until like Laguna started to get, get together. But now I'm really, really loving the bike. It's working really well for me. Uh, we're still working out a few small things, but it's, it's going better and better and better. So looking back at junior cup and at twins cup, does, 
and you were a different person than you than you than you are now. I get that, so it might be tough to say. But do you look back at that and say, "Man, that was kind of easy compared to what I'm doing now"? Definitely. And both both times both times I raced, like in 2019, I rode the bike for an entire off season. Every round of Chuck Wall, I did probably close to 100 track days uh, before round one on that bike, and I rode it almost every weekend in between. So. I was getting lots of track time and lots of development in 19 and I had help from a few people who had been working with the bike for a year or so. And then in 2020, obviously I was uh, riding that uh, team hammer twin and that thing had lots of development from the year before we, we improved it more and more throughout the year, but at round one, there was already a, uh, a really good bike that really didn't need much working on. And it was the same with my 400 last year. Like we just, we, we continue to improve it. I grew a lot from 19 to 20. So a bit, a bit, few things changed. Like I had to change my style a little bit, but it really, it was, uh, it was a lot easier to, to race in those classes and to win in those classes. And I knew it was going to be a big step up to race in 600s, but uh, I'm really, really pretty happy with how it's going right now. So you, you as you mentioned, you did get a good start at, at, at least one of the races and you even led. What is it? When you're when you're with those guys, Richie and Sean Dillon, especially, do you see any? Do do you see like is it is it just little pieces that they're getting you, or is it is it is it a big area? Is it there's one big area where they're gaining a lot of time, or is just chipping away? It's 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 a it's like chipping away. There's a few things that they do different than me. Like they uh, they enter the corner, they enter the corner a little slower than I do, but uh. Like they, uh, like mid corner, they get the bike stopped and turn and get out. Like I'm still changing my riding style to suit the 600. Cause I'm still, I'm still kind of sounds funny, but I'm still riding it. Like I rode, would ride the twin or the 400 sort of like a lot of entrance speed, a lot of mid corner speed, use a lot of track, but that's not the way you ride one. And I'm still, I'm still getting used to it. And I'm still like, it's, it's kind of hard. Cause once I go to, when I go to a track that I don't know, well, I, my, my modus operandi is to go do the six, 400 and 650 lines. Right. But, and that makes sense. But then it makes it, it makes it kind of difficult to, uh, makes it kind of difficult to get fast right off the bat. And whenever I'm around them, usually it'll change, but sometimes I'm not around them until the race. And then I have to like think on the fly and work. So you're having a good season in super sport. It's your first season in super sport. What is this, what, what is this, where does this lead you, do you think? I mean, do you need another year of super sport? Would you think about jumping to stock 1000? Does it depend on, on other outside factors? What, what's, what's the plan going forward from here? Or, or do we not have one yet? Uh, well, we're not sure what we're going to do next year. Um, we're, we've got some ideas, but we're not entirely sure. Uh, we're, we're just going from race to race right now. We're going to train a ton of this off season and uh, just keep pushing and hopefully get better results next year. But we're, we're not sure what we're going to do yet, but hopefully soon we'll have some ideas and we'll let you know. Yeah. We'll be anxious to find out about that Rocco. And we always know you're looking at opportunities kind of globally for what's going on. So, um, but we always hope you stay in our paddock, not only because of your skills, but you're terrific to have around anyway. So um, speaking of that, um, this next question. So I, you know, we, we've always seen you around the paddock. You're great about, you know, being friendly with a lot of the riders and encouraging them. 
And this morning I was actually on Brian J. Nelson's website and I, I was looking around for some photos and I came across these ones of you on the wall um, earlier in the season. I don't remember which round it was, but Matthew Skoltz was with you. And I, it surprised me a little bit because I didn't even know. I mean, I know Matthew talked to, talks to riders and you talked to riders. I didn't know that he, he looked like he may have been giving you some advice or talking to you. And how much do you seek out like, or do they come to you? I mean, how does that work? Does, does Matthew help you? And who, what other riders in the paddock do you seek the advice of, or do they come up to you and, and talk to you about, you know, your race craft or whatever? Yeah. Sometimes I'll have like questions. I think what you're talking, I think I actually remember what you're talking about was Atlanta after race, during race two after the race, after the first start, cause they red flagged it. I got a terrible start that round. That was like my worst starts of the year. I got to turn one from like third to like ninth or 10th. And he was there and he came up to me. He's like, Hey, just try this, like lean forward a little bit more. And, uh, it actually got like my, my next start was a little bit better. And just from what he, from what he told me, I continued to work on it. Like my starts were okay at BIR and pretty okay at road America. I'm still, like, I'm still getting used to it, but like, sometimes I'll go find, find, I'll see someone. I'll be like, Hey, what, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? Or sometimes just they'll happen to walk up and say hi. Like I'm, I've always been friendly with Maddie. Like I met him in met him in nineteen, uh, when I was doing junior cup for the first year, and he was always always happy to help with any questions I had, and he helped me. Tra- he's he's trained with me a few times and helped me uh, help me work out. Yeah, everything. That's great. You know, it's funny. Um, that photo reminded me. Now that you say about the starts, I it's interesting with Matthew because he's you know, he struggled in, for a bit with starts, but he's really gotten a lot better at doing that too. So it's probably something he's sort of learned. And it's like, man, I can definitely help Rocco with that knowledge. Cause I just kind of had to solve it myself. So um, that's interesting. So let me, I want to ask you about your team this year. I, you know, it's awesome that you guys have a two rider team and you've got Ben Glotty on your team and junior cup, who I absolutely think the world of, um, like I do you. And it's cool that you guys are there together. I mean, you've raced, raced, uh, together in the past, but now he's in a different class than you are. And he's, he's right in the pointy end there battling with Tyler Scott and is on the verge of possibly winning the championship. If he can, you know, keep himself ahead of Tyler and that, how, what is the dynamic like within that team? And I mean, do you, do you talk to him a lot in terms of, you know, what you've learned from junior cup, or are you guys just a couple of boys that hang out together and don't really, you don't really, you know, you don't really need to help him too much. He knows what he's doing. Um, tell us about what that dy- dynamic is like. Yeah. I, I met Ben in, in 2019 as well, when he was riding for quarterly racing. Uh, I think I met him at Utah at his first round, but uh, we really didn't become friends until New Jersey of 2019. We went and hung out at Gus Rodeo's house and, had some fun but after that we were like fast friends and we uh like we, we would just hang out and then in 2020 like uh I, I would see him at every round and we knew he wanted to do the junior cup again he was hoping to win the championship and my he and my him, him and his mom were talking to my dad or his him, him and his mom were like talking to my dad and my dad they knew my dad could run a successful new or junior cup program. And since he and I were friends, it made it all the more convenient. So I think mid-year last year, they just start or mid-year last year, they started, started working, working out plans to possibly uh, work with us. And 
then Ben came out and trained with us a bit in January of 2020 or 2021, like six months ago, seven months ago. And uh, kind of just went on from there. And eventually he was, uh, he was coming out and testing our bike and doing club races. And then now he's riding for us. It's amazing how much you guys have both grown over the past couple of years, though. You're both tall. Is Ben, is Ben a little bit taller than you right now? Pardon? Is Ben, is Ben a little bit taller than you? He's like over six foot now. Are yeah, you? Yeah, I think Ben's like six foot, six foot one. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, because it's funny because when we started racing Moto America, we were, I think when I started racing Moto America, I was four foot 10 or four foot 11. <laughs> and when I was 14, and now I am, now I'm five foot 11. And Ben was probably, when he started racing, it was mid year. Yeah, so he, he started at Utah. We were probably about the same, same height, height, so we were both probably about five foot, five foot one. Now he's like six one, and I'm five eleven. So. Yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy how I mean you think about I I say this all the time, but I mean it's you, it's it's Ben, of course, you know uh, Nolan Lampkin, super tall, Jake Lewis. There's a lot of tall riders in in the a lot more tall riders now than there used to be. It, I don't know. It's got to be something with GMOs in the milk or what's whatever is yeah, going. Yeah, whatever on. it is. Yeah, better nutrition. But and does it bo- you know does it bother you because it's funny. Some you know some kids all they want to do is be tall, but it seems like a lot of racers I talk to all they want to do is not be tall. Does I don't want to be tall, but I mean, what am I going to do? <laughs> right, you can't do anything about it. Um, but you know, we've seen heck. You know, obviously, Loris Baz is six five or whatever he is it we've seen it and matthew's not small either so no matthew's bigger than i am yeah so these guys get these guys can handle the bike and obviously jake lewis now that he's back with us again is doing fine so you know it's got to be a good incentive for you to not worry about the height yeah it's 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 one of those it's like a double-edged sword being being taller would naturally makes you heavier and larger so you are going to get the same you'll, you'll i'll never I'll never be as light as someone like Cameron Bobier or Gus Rodi or one of those people who's five right. six or five seven and pretty small. And I'm naturally a bigger dude as well. Like I have, I naturally build muscle pretty easily, and I've always been kind of strong, which again is also a double edged sword. Like build muscle easily, so I I can I gain weight pretty quickly, but I also naturally am strong, so. That's great. Like, it, it, I have like the opposite of like the, the Spanish racer, at, the average Spanish racer. They're like five foot one, super skinny, and they have to work out a ton and just get strong enough to ride. I just never, I, I, I do no, no upper body working out. I just do push ups. I do, cal- I do light calisthenics, but I mostly just do cardio because I need to lose weight. I need to be as small as possible because, yeah. Yeah. And as, as you know, I'm sure building muscle, muscle's denser and heavier than even fat sometimes. So it's kind of like, you know, that, that'll make you heavy just if you're got more muscle bound. So I want to ask you when you came, when you went to Pittsburgh for our race, did you go in there with the intention that you knew you were going to be racing where in the next weekend? What was your plan in between? So we heard from the California Superbike school that we were going to go uh they were going to go there so we were we were going to go there already for or i was going to go there with them for the monday tuesday superbike schools but my, one of my coaches there james tui and a couple other ones named uh ian in groom and uh 
the mechanic there named JJ, we all, they were going to do an endurance race and we were, we were into endurance race. So I, I actually was going to go ride with them and that we were doing pretty well, but we had a, we had a light, a light mechanical and pushed us back a little ways, but, and then we just, I just, I, we happened to have my bike there and just did, did the endurance races. Then my mom and dad actually, and my rest of my, rest of my family ended up coming home and I stayed for the Monday, Tuesday, through bike schools. Well, talking about your family, that brings me into my next question. It's like, it's, it's, it's obviously a real family affair, your racing program from sisters and mom and dad and, and the whole crew is, uh, is, you know, surround you and, and they, they all seem to have some sort of role in your racing program. I mean, your dad, well, both your mom and dad, they seem like they, they work nonstop towards this. Is that, I mean, is that how it actually is? Yeah, definitely. The whole family does. Like ever since I started racing, we always would all come to the track and now my, my sister's racing in the Ovale as well. Right. Bandit. Right. Yeah. Yep. She's, uh, she's, she's riding the Ovales now. Uh, she's having fun. She's improving every round. She's, she's getting closer and closer. I I guarantee she's having more fun than anyone else out there. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I don't know if I talked to your dad or who it was, but you, you can tell this story. Uh, Rocco, your, your sister bandit, I, she wasn't sure if she wanted to race, I think. And then she kind of got into it and re- realized how much she liked it. Is that kind of the way it went? Well, she actually used to race pocket bikes for okay. a while, but that she stopped when she was five and she's 12 now. So she quit seven years ago. Like she did, did it for two years. She was actually kind of fast. My dad used to run this mini racing organization that I raced. She would race the pocket bikes. So my other sister rode as well. But when we stopped doing that, they both they both kind of quit racing. They've done a few flat track races here and there, as has my brother. But never really anything until but and she like I think we ended up going to Apex Car Track actually one time with a 65. Oh no, no, we went to the AMA Supermotos, Supermoto race at in Arizona last year and brought a kicked or KTM 65 for her to ride. And she uh she rode that. Uh, had a ton of fun. And then we start. I went when I would go to Apex and train, or go to Adams or whatever the car tracks. We would always bring her with myself and Kensei, and uh, and sometimes my brother would come and just buzz around. But she would always have fun. She improved every time. She'd ride Kensei's Ovale. She'd ride the KTM 65. She would. She she would always just have more and more fun. She'd go faster and faster and faster. And she wasn't sure she wanted to do uh mini cup until. And we basically showed it to Minicup. We rented a bike from a friend of ours named Ed Enriquez and showed up to Road America. And she was just going to do the Friday pra- or the, the his Friday practice and see if she wanted to race. And if she wanted to race, she was going to race. Otherwise, she did. She wasn't going to. And she wasn't sure because she was afraid she, she wasn't going to be. She was afraid it was going to be a bit gnarly. But she went out. She had a ton of fun. She went pretty fast on her first day and she raced on uh on saturday and then she's gotten closer and closer every round and every everyone in the like i said i guarantee she's having more fun than anyone else out there so rocco with two races left in the in your in your rookie season of super sport we go to we go to new jersey motorsports park and we go to barber is one of those do you look forward to one of those more than the other based on how you think you'll do 
Yeah, definitely, definitely looking more forward to Jersey because that's a track I, I truly enjoy. I never, I what's funny is Barber is one of those tracks for me that I've always done fairly good at, but I absolutely hate it every time I ride there. Oh, that's weird. A lot of people like, like it. Track. But it's sort of like it's kind of fun. Like I do well there. Like, I got I've I've yeah, I've won every race I've ever ridden there. But but uh it it's it's I just I don't like the way the track goes. I don't like the flow of it. A track like New Jersey where every corner kind of ties together pretty well, I feel like it's gonna be really strong for myself and my bike. Barber, I'm gonna but I I'm looking forward to Barber as well though, just because it's a track and I get to race there. I want to mention one thing. So I want to go back to your family for a second. Paul had mentioned how, you know, your mom and dad are so uh, focused and engaged in, in your program. And, you know, we talked about your sister bandit racing and mini cup. So that, I think I have this right. You have another sister who is also getting extremely tall. And I noticed yeah. at uh, pit race, she's usually out where she stands out on the wall with beside your mom, who's holding up your pit board. It looks like she's helping out your mom at the same time. Is that correct, Rocco? Yeah. She wanted to help out with something. So my dad said she could do the pit board and she got to hold the umbrella on the grid at Pittsburgh as well. She's having so a lot of fun. Are you the oldest or is she the oldest? I'm the oldest. She's two years oh. younger than me. Okay. So you're the oldest in the family and you're kind of there. You're, uh, you're, brothers and sisters are kind of following in your footsteps. What, what's that like? Do you feel any kind of, I don't know, responsibility to show these guys like it's fun or do you feel like you want to try to get them involved or you just let them do their own thing? How does that work? I kind of let them do their own thing. Like my, my brother and my sister and the older sister is 14. She, yeah. She's never, like she rode a little bit, but she's, it's never really been what she wants to do. And she never, like she enjoyed riding, but she, racing was not her thing. And same with my brother; he likes to ride. He want, he says he wants to get into racing, possibly. So he he might actually be riding uh riding mini cup possibly next year if he ends up training enough in the off season. But that my sister is holding the pit board. She she's it's never been her thing. She she does her she has a lot of stuff she does, and she she has her things, but racing is not one of them but she's always fun to ride. That's awesome. And I mean, it's cool about your, I think your little, your little brother's name is diesel, right? Yep. It's so, so he's got to get into motorsports in some way, although a diesel wouldn't be the best thing to be on, but it's, it's an awesome name anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean, we're going to, we're going to let, uh, we're going to let Rocco. He's got, he's got a training session after this where he's going to go do a run what 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 kind of run do you do? Like how what's the length we at on this? Thirteen miles. Oh, that's good. Wow. Very I'm solid. Do some calisthenics. Yeah. I'm gonna do, do some push-ups. I'm gonna do some some jumping jacks. I'm gonna do some some light stuff for about an hour. Then I'm gonna probably go swimming this afternoon. Oh, that's good. That's a good little program. That obviously um what you've been doing is working, so keep it up. Yeah. Now the hard, the hardest part is eating. I, I can't eat till uh, till one p.m. Starving. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's called breakfast. <laughs> so, Rocco, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll obviously see you in a couple of weeks here, and uh, we'll see if we can recognize you if you're not too skinny. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Always fun. 
Yeah, thanks for being on, Rocco. And I want to tell the fans a couple of things. So, you know, as I always make my appeal about the need for corner workers, and I'm still going to continue to do that. We've got these two rounds coming up in September at New Jersey and at Barber, and we have a volunteer system for that. And, you know, I'll just flat out say it. We've had a couple of bikes burned to the ground. That if we had a few more corner workers, I don't know if it could have could have stopped that, but it might have helped. And, you know, we're always needing them. And David Hawley, our, our uh, chief corner marshal, has said we can never have enough corner workers. He's never had a situation where there have been too many. So absolutely, you know, get, if you want to get involved in that, again, it's the best seat in the house. And, you know, New Jersey is a great track to see. And obviously, Barber, the place is like a, you know, a park there. So it's, it's a great, enjoyable way to, to spend the afternoon and help us out. And I also want to give you guys a, a heads up on something coming up on Labor Day, we're going to be doing a Labor Day promotion. Um, so look for our social media, we'll have some codes or a code you can put in to get some percentages off on race tickets uh, to select races. And, um, you know, we've got a couple of these last two coming up. So I'm assuming that, uh, you know, these are savings on those. So absolutely uh, look for that. And you'll be able to save some money on your tickets. And again, thanks for joining us, Rocco. And thanks. to Yeah, all you're good. Thank okay. you. Thank All right, you, guys, you have a good week. All you right. too. Bye. Bye-bye.